to Mike Meets London Tastemakers. In this episode, I'm chatting to Kim, the founder of Humble Crumble. If you can't picture Crumble as an on-the-go treat, then you certainly wouldn't have been the only one a few years ago, but Kim has been making a big mark on the London dessert scene over the last few years, and is currently trading at Old Spitalfields Market and Borough Market with hot and frozen crumbles. We chat about her personal history with crumble as a dish, how she's built up the business, including through the gruelling pandemic times, and some exciting stuff to look forward to on the horizon. We caught up in the Humble Crumble office space in Shoreditch, and without further ado, let's dive in. So I'm here with Kim, the founder of Humble Crumble, uh, here in WeWork in Shoreditch. And uh, why don't you start us off by introducing yourself and tell us a bit about, uh, well, what's the pitch for Humble Crumble? Okay. Um, Hello, my name's Kim, as just discussed. Um, Humble Crumble is... Uh, what it says on the tub basically a place where you can go and get a crumble but better than that it's to your individual like desires because everyone has a specific way in which they like to have a crumble um the different fruit to crumble ratio custard cream anything so it's like how you want it and we'll make it for you amazing that's a a pretty strong pitch (laughs) uh did you have a it's a very weird question, but you have a, like a, a background in crumble, any strong ties to it that kind of led you to pursue this? Yeah, actually, it's it's really weird to me that I run a business about crumble because <laughs> of kind of how significant it's been in my life. Mm. Um, I it's like crumble's just been my thing. You right. know, when everyone has their little <laughs> thing they do, or, or like I always used to make crumble for my family. Right. Um, and it was the first thing I ever learned how to bake. Okay. I was at school and we had um, a food tech class and first thing we made was an apple crumble and I won a star a star of the week for it. Wow, so, never look back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, like high praise and I was like, wow, what is this feeling of accompli- accomplishment? Um, and then I took it home to my family um, and they were like, this is amazing. Like, can you make us another one? And I, and I am quite critical when it comes to food. Right. So I was like, this is not good enough. <laughs> like, why are you praising me for this? This is not good enough. So I was like, every week, like, how can I make it better? Because we'd always have like, oh, like roast dinners on a Sunday. Uh-huh. So I'd, I'd be experimenting with like, what can I do to just enhance the flavor more and more? And like each week it was like, I want it to be better. I want it to be better. Um, so it is funny to me that I run a business mm. in Crumble, considering how like yeah. almost devoted I, I have been in my life to Crumble. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm not sure most business owners have like quite a strong roots in, uh, in the particular <laughs> dish. Um, but, so presumably, or maybe not, what, were you doing something else before you then like uh, created Humble Crumble, like did a little detour in the, the Crumble journey? Um, well, I, well, I had the idea for Humble Crumble when I was at uni. Oh, okay. Um, I was, yeah, I was walking down um, the streets of Brighton, um, and I saw a gelato shop that was quite empty in the sum, uh, no, in the winter, mm. and it's always busy in the summer. And I was just thinking, like, what could they do? And as I had made crumble mm. my whole life, <laughs> like it was like a eureka moment where I was like, right, oh right. my goodness, why aren't <laughs> they selling like crumble, but that people can just walk around and it can heat them up, mm. and. And I, I had at the time, like I'd set up a business um, in tutoring. Oh, yeah. uh, so I was uh, subcontracting other students to do different like subjects. And I was, I was basically a, an agency. Mm. Um, and I really didn't enjoy it. Right. So I was like, there's no creativity here. It's so yeah. boring. Um, and I was going to start Humble Crumble. It would have been 21. 
and I was like, I'm too young. Oh. <laughs> I'm too young. I don't have enough experience. Like how, I don't know the first thing about food, mm. like running a food business. And so I didn't do it, but I, I did get like my branding sorted. I was like, right. I have this right. idea and I want to know like if I can get it done, like I could just press go with it. And so I did my like classic thing after uni and I like took some time off. I did a ski season. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was I worked as a restaurant manager, so I got okay. a bit of experience yeah. in the food industry, which was great. It was quite high pressured as well, so it taught me a lot. And then I worked for a company called Grub Club, which doesn't exist anymore. So I was doing a um, marketing role there. Okay. Um, and when they got bought, um, I was made redundant and mm. I was devastated, but I was like, okay, now's the time. It's crumble time. Now's, yeah. now it's time to crumble, <laughs> exactly. Let's get ready to crumble. And, uh, and, that's, and I just uh, thought, what's the, like, the easiest way I can test this? And I think I set up an Instagram account and just posted some photos. And then I went and set up a gazebo in a farmer's market mm. and just saw like, does anyone want a crumble? Like <laughs> that was the thing, like, does anyone want this? Right, and right. pleasantly surprised and like it's been three years now. And turns out people do, yeah. Turns out people <laughs> do, so yeah. Good news, oh wow, amazing. So yeah, I, I was gonna ask kind of, yeah, how do you start from, well, I mean, you had the branding, but how do you start from like zero to, yeah, getting it out there, I suppose, like so, start at a farmer's market and you've obviously been at a few different markets around London since then like how have you found that kind of street food life I suppose I feel like there's many questions in there, there are a lot of questions <laughs> in there lots to unpack um well the one on how to get started actually is a very good question mm. I think because I've been speaking to quite a few people about this recently um I think starting is the hardest right. part I think it is about getting the ball rolling because um, obviously once the ball's in motion, mm. things pick up. <laughs> but um, it's about what can you do today to to start, like just what can you do to, right. to start. And it's not necessarily such a big step. Mm. Like my first, as I said, the first thing I did to start was to create an Instagram account. The second thing was to take some concept photos and then send that off to different markets. Um, because a lot of markets want, it's very, it's very like backwards. They want, established brands there yeah, yeah so like you almost have to go to the like the the, the worst market to get your <laughs> right. concept finalized and it, which is good um in the street food market scene we are kind of moving away from street food mm. um but have been part of street food for the last yeah three years really um it's an interesting one i think it's definitely very male dominated mm. um, and not very many young people because I started this when I was 23. Right. Um, I've always always been the youngest person at all of the markets. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore, but that's, mm. uh, which is good. <laughs> Promising, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the food market scene is, it is interesting. It's quite overcrowded though. Mm. That's, that's my, that's the, the thing that's really helped me is that our product is very niche. So, mm. Like a lot of places, if you go to a market, there's like um, when I went to Maltby Street Market, there was 150 traders right. in queue. But because I had a unique offering, I jumped all of those right, people. Right. Not like another burger stand. Or exactly. Like that, yeah. yeah. So I I don't know. Is it, was another question there? Or? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's about it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, you, you touched on it about being something very niche, though. Like, yeah, I was I was wondering like how. 
I mean, apart from like the very specific dish that you do, obviously, how do you think you sort of stand out from all the other sort of dessert traders and people out there? Um, that's a good question. Well, I know that I can't, I can't speak for the other d- dessert traders because I don't specifically know what their processes are like. But we we make everything mm. like from scratch. Um, so I know that we can fully say that we are artisan. We're almost like the bread companies you right, go right. to like we make everything and we put so much pride into it um we also do like to be very like experiment with a lot of different things like our specials and try and always be as creative as possible mm. in like how we can make something taste incredible but also look incredible too which i know a lot of dessert brands do as well um, but I, I do think it is like the there's a lot of places that sell like donuts for instance there's a lot of places that sell cupcakes mm-hmm. um, and like, pancakes but there's not many places that sell crumble that's very true yeah. so I think like just our offering is so unique yeah yeah so. oh, very cool and yes I mean we were talking just before we started recording as well in terms of about being creative obviously crumble is a very like wintry warming dish um so you have to kind of get around that in some ways to keep busy in the summer um i think you've got quite a summery special on at the moment is that right yes um we have two iced crumbles right so we've got like our peaches that have been baked and then cooled down um obviously um and then our strawberries and raspberries that have been like mar- like soaked in prosecco they're both very refreshing mm. and it is an interesting one because yeah. obviously people associate crumble with warmth but I maybe I'm I wouldn't say I'm biased <laughs> because I'm actually incredibly critical of anything I produce right. so I was very surprised with how refreshing I found mm. the ice crumbles I on a hot day like especially the peach one I really love that one on hot day and ice peaches with cold custard or we have our like new frozen custard like I actually think it's more refreshing than ice cream right so mm-hmm. um I think it's a great product but I understand <laughs> that people will have that hesitancy sure when yeah. they haven't seen something before so it's the same hesitancy that we found that well I found that we had when people would see a crumble place and they hadn't mm-hmm. seen one before they were like well, what is this yeah, yeah, yeah like they weren't sure what it was or it um, I had people ask me whether or not we were selling couscous and I was like okay crumble was literally said <laughs> everywhere people coming like what is crumble I'm like apple crumble and they're like oh okay I get it now <laughs> but yeah so the same I think it takes time for I really want people to try the ice ones mm. actually because I think they'll be really surprised but I, I get that there's it's not what you expect so sure sure yeah do you have a um a favorite out of sort of what you produce or does it vary throughout the year it does vary throughout the year i do love a more of a, of a tart crumble mm. um so i i love the rhubarb mm. one so much um and also like our winter berry that we have right, i think yeah. it's really nice and then at the moment my favorite is the ice peaches yeah. I, I think i'm gonna have to try that now yes, <laughs> you definitely. definitely gave it a good, a good pitch. <laughs> um and i'm right there with you with the rhubarb as well yeah so you said you're starting to move away from street food now so you're currently based in old Spitalfields market and you're selling crumble kits in borough is that right yes so what's kind of the the next step i suppose um um well you'll be the first to know but we're actually <laughs> opening a, a unit in borough market oh right in amazing. the hot food section 
which hopefully will happen in September. Very cool. Um, yes, we're going to be selling every day, except from Sunday, actually. They're not open on Sundays. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing that. And then I'm, I think at the end of the year, we'll be at South Bank okay. Winter Festival um, and potentially Selfridges as well. Oh, very nice. Um, so four locations <laughs> yeah. within, at the end of the year, and it's just going to be like... A, an operation i was gonna say yeah the team's probably gonna have to like double in size or something right yeah we're <laughs> we're in the process of um hiring at the moment mm. so it's we're just trying to find the right people um and yeah it's exciting about the end of the year mm. um kind of daunting at the same time because considering like literally last year we were running one location right um and then it's gonna be quadrupled in size <laughs> Do you still, uh, I guess, get out on the, the front lines as often as you used to, or is it a bit more uh, I, leaving it to other people now? I, <laughs> well, I don't think I can yeah. be on the front lines as much. Like I say, we're literally in Spitalfields at the moment, right next to Spitalfields Market, so I see everyone pretty much every day, um, check in. and um, But the thing I realised when, well, we started to get quite busy from October last year, I, I realized if I wanted to ensure that the quality was maintained at high, to a high standard and also if we wanted to expand, like mm. I couldn't be no. in in there every day just because it is it is hard work and it's hard work, especially if you're thinking about everything else. Right, right, yeah. So it's not just physically exhausting, it's mentally exhausting. And I was like, I have to take more of an operational, like an operational role. Was that uh, a tricky choice? I mean, I, I've known several like business owners who found that difficult either just because they love like the sort of face-to-face and like the sort of chatting nature of the role, but also some who just, you know, they don't want to like let go of their baby a bit. Like they want to yeah, have that eyes on what's happening. Yes, it's definitely hard. I do think I'm happiest when I'm serving Crumble. Right. Because um, again, I love talking to people and you also get the excitement from mm. customers like we find that people do come and they're like oh my gosh I've been trying I've been waiting to try this for yeah, so long yeah. and I'm so excited and when you're not there you don't see that sure, yeah. um, because like that's probably one of the most motivating things is just to see how people respond to your product but yeah I it is hard to to let go a bit but I think with proper training and like communication mm, like yeah. it's all okay um like luckily i've got a great team um who like are very passionate about crumble and also humble crumble so and like the main thing that the most important thing to me is that we create an environment where people want to work right. like work there so like the staff are like everything so the team we're family is <laughs> as corny as that sounds. Yeah, very nice, very <laughs> nice corporate like. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I've kind of been asking everyone that I've spoken to because it's kind of yeah impossible to ignore at the moment is like the impact of the pandemic over the last sort of year and a bit. Um, how have you found that's kind of affected business? Obviously, apart from you know specific lockdowns where you can't trade. Right? Um. Well. <laughs> what a question story, maybe, what yeah. a question um the pandemic uh so i joined 
Spitalfields market three days before the first lockdown. Right, perfect timing. And it timing, was, yeah. it was like it was for me. It was a gamble. Spitalfields market. Mm. I was like, it's ex- it's really expensive. Yeah, the rents are. It's yeah. so expensive there. Um, I was told by a, uh, someone at a different trader that they thought I would do well there. So I was like, okay, let's give it a go. And then obviously the lockdown happened, mm. and I thought, how can I be so stupid? Like I should have. Like, because I had actually, I'd asked the manager of the market, I was like, there's this virus right, in, right. in Italy right now, like, what happens? And he's like, we'll never shut him, like, <laughs> it's not a thing. And I was like, so I was annoyed because I'd obviously, I, I'd, I'd actually considered it. But the, the thing is, is like, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. If If I hadn't have opened in three days before the pandemic, I probably wouldn't be running this business anymore. Right. I probably like I remember thinking at the time like this is this is it like it's not going to happen the world's changing forever mm. and the fact that Spitalfields were emailing and saying like come and we're opening on the 15th of June like come back like we'll try and work with you on stuff I was like I have to give it a go I have to try but I was very much of the mindset that I probably wouldn't be running this business right. like it probably was just like a dream that we <laughs> fizzle into nothing um and yeah the i think the pandemic was really emotionally like scarring Mm. for sure like i remember like i i was on the floor like crying for like three days Uh, and i couldn't move because i was like i'm gonna lose everything i've worked hard for and and then i got like it it seems so silly but i got a grant i got a two thousand pound grant from southwark oh right okay um and it just felt like a little bit of a lifeline. Sure. It was a lifeline. And I was like, oh, there's a bit more hope. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just me alone in this. Like, they are trying to help. People are trying to help. Um, so, like, emotionally, yeah, it was <laughs> tough. Um, and just so completely unpredictable because um, we ended up doing quite well from, as I said, from, like, October time. We right. started to get a lot of press mm-hmm. and people... Um, came and sought us out and we were doing well and it was like better than I could ever imagine so it's been a it's been a completely unpredictable year and a half and yeah I still don't know what's happening (laughs) sure I mean no one does does. and you had the um the the pumpkin special as well around that time as well which obviously yeah there was a lot of buzz about on social media I mean it's very very instagrammable and (laughs) delicious as well which helps Um, and I, I guess something else that presumably kind of spun out of the pandemic, but maybe was on the cards anyway, was like the crumble kits and like the DIY kind of element. Like, I guess, yeah, where did that come from and sort of how, how's that gone for you? <laughs> um, it came from, so actually during the first lockdown, we did, uh, like localized deliveries of baking products. Oh, okay. Right. Um, just because obviously no one could buy flour no one could buy like eggs so and all of my suppliers had these products and the restaurants were shut so i i I ran a a very localized um delivery service and like in the local area people were like oh humble crumble because we did it under like our website and people just said like do you have crumbles we can buy (laughs) right and I was like, no, we don't know. Like, no, I actually took a customer being like, I really want to try a crumble. Can you make me a crumble? And I was like, okay, fine, I'll make <laughs> you a crumble. But, um, yeah, so it kind of came from that. Like, right. someone just saying, like, it's something I really want, or I really want to give this to my mum, or mm. something like that. Like, I'd love to send it to her. So I just sort of 
decided to try it because I've always I, the product's always going to be best if you have it fresh so yeah. that's one of the reasons why I was like I don't know I really want to do a bake at home one but then we managed to like figure out a way to make it still very mm. delicious so um, and people wanted it so that's why we, we do it very nice and is that I guess yeah going to be part of the future ongoing I mean like you said sort of slightly less street food oriented um, I hope so but we'd always be artisan mm. we're never going to be like mass produced right. um, like we're looking into retail options at the moment but with like very small food outlets that are like high end food outlets uh, because in order to maintain quality you need to be able to supermarkets aren't <laughs> nice yeah. places I've yeah. heard a lot about supermarkets and how they just push margins um, mm. from people and like if you want to have something that's of high quality then it's not really the place mm. so I can't I can't see us being in a supermarket sure ever. yeah maybe it becomes less humble at that point maybe <laughs> unhumble crumble in yeah. the supermarket yeah uh, and I guess on, on the flip side of that then uh, I, would you also consider a kind of more bricks and mortary type place to be serving up fresh crumbles to people well maybe maybe this is why I, I think of us not being in street food anymore because I think I don't know why I feel it because we are in brick and mortar sites uh, at the moment right. like in Spitalfields mm. like that is it's a permanent space like sure, we just open yeah. it up so maybe maybe we are still street food maybe I've just <laughs> maybe I've just misunderstood because obviously it's different from setting up a gazebo and yeah, just bringing yeah. all your equipment and so and I know also think like being in Borough Market I guess that is street food. I think I've just completely misunderstood. I mean, I, I like looking at it as an outlet, which is physical. Mm. And you've so got a roof over your head. You've got a roof over your head, yeah. exactly. Like it's got it's got it's got walls and yeah, like, yeah. compared to like a, literally compared to a gazebo, it's like a luxury five I mean, star. For sure, yeah. Place. You don't have to build it every time. Which yeah. Helps. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. More specifically, then your own sort of independent place. Yeah, I would. I would love that actually. Just mainly because I love markets I love them so much but there is you have to be very specific in your offering you can't there's not always the flexibility to say like I want to add this on or that but if you have your own space um you have a bit more a bit Mm. more flexibility because it's you're not having to consider the whole market you're just considering what you want to do and what like your goals are so definitely want to do that yeah i think if we were it would be like in soho area mm, yeah i see that going now well is that kind of yeah wanting to do something more flexible whilst considering like the rest of the market does that mean you're like eyeing up i don't know sort of like more drinksy non-crumble type stuff or is that what you have in mind um well i mean so or just a bigger menu maybe uh, <laughs> well there's a there's a few things we want to do um like one of the things probably will introduce for next summer is um like a zero waste lemonade oh, okay. so we want to take the ju- like the juices that remain from our crumbles right. and make like a good like cordial which we can mm. make lemonades from um which there there isn't much um there's not really any competition yeah, in yeah. the markets for that but it's just like the process of having to go through and check and ask before right. launching a product i do want to look into doing um, slow drip coffees okay um, like very artisanally made and presented um, but that is just a concept stage at the moment sure. we'll see whether that happens or not 
what the future holds. What the future yeah. holds. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're always like, one thing I learned whenever we did our pop-ups in like festivals and stuff, we were always put next to the coffee people. Right, right. So it's like tea and coffee and crumble. And crumble. Like. <laughs> so it seems like a good fit, but there I, I do think there's a, a, a gap in the London market for really high-end, like slow drip coffee mm. place where you can because if you do a slow drip coffee you can f- like experience the whole um flavor range of of the beans right. and it's also more caffeinated and yeah i think the whole process is just it's a, i think it's just a slow approach to coffee because mm. coffee's done so like quickly it's like yeah. bashed out like i love coffee so i'm, I'm happy with the coffee i have <laughs> but I, I i do want to see whether or not it's something that i can improve yeah upon. yeah i'm sure there's a market out there for that for sure cool so it's like moving slightly away from humble crumble things for a second then uh when you're out and about like whether it's on the street food markets or yeah on the town are there any specific sort of restaurants or traders that you're sort of going back to that you're particularly keen on yes definitely um well restaurant one of my favorite restaurants has to be flower and grape right um absolutely love it I'm very much a regular there, and they, they're always like, you again? And I'm like, yes, me. Um, I just love pasta so mm. much. Italian is one of the best cuisines, I think. The uh, truffle tagliarini there is... Oh, uh, so good. Yeah, next level. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, my family are always like, well, do you want to get a flower and grape? I'm like, you don't have to ask me. Right. Um, in Spitzel I really like Maricamo. Right, um, right. They're actually vegan. Uh, Ethiopian place they're just delicious mm. it's like full of flavour and really healthy too um, my favourite restaurant actually isn't in London so Enlighten Us Enlighten Us it's literally so it's I used to it's a restaurant that I've been going to since I was a kid right. every every week with my my parents oh. we would go to uh, the uh, the Golden Elephant in Wheat Hampstead so it's a very small village right, but right. It's a very good Thai food, very good Thai food. And I think it's incredible because of how good the food is. And like normally the best food you'll find is in like, is right, in London. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's such a good restaurant in a small village. Mm. Well, shout out. Yeah, yeah. shout out. Go on, <laughs> For anyone passing through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool, very cool. Um, and the other thing that I've been asking people um, is, do you have an inkling for what a sort of next big trend that we might be seeing on the London food scene in the sort of coming months or years? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough question, I know. But <laughs> I don't know food trends. Mm. I think uh, I think there's just going to be more more focus on quality, I hope. Right. Um, just making everything like to be the best that it can be. I, I think that's the only... Pr- like trajectory because mm. obviously the high street is like it's going to be mainly food and beverages yeah, yeah. like you have to there's going to be so many options you have to compete with your quality mm-hmm. so I don't really know about the trend though sorry no, no, I mean that's, that's definitely a thing I mean yeah I was has has someone has someone given you a good trend answer <laughs> oh well we've, we, we've had a few I mean that there's, I mean, it's all predictions, obviously, isn't it? Like, there's talk about sort of, you know, the return of food halls, which were, you know, like mm. kind of rising to power just before the pandemic and then kind of had a bit of a 
crash, but now probably coming back, maybe. I think it's an interesting one because I think it's going to be dependent on how the work, how work is. Mm, that's true. I know, isn't was it Norway? I think I read that has just introduced a four day work week. Right, right. And it's been like a. It might not be Norway, but a Scandinavian country. Um, introduced a four day work week. And it's been an overwhelming success. Mm. Like productivity hasn't dipped at all. Um, and people have more of a work life balance. And I wonder with the pandemic and people having flexible working whether or not we might work towards something like that. Mm. I actually think that that would be really beneficial for the economy. Right. Like to have more, yeah, more of a work life balance because obviously will spend their money in their leisure time sure so that's something that would boost everything I think but yeah that that does depend because for instance Shoreditch as an area is a very uh, office based area but it mm. does have like East London it is in East London so it's also very residential too mm. so it's got best of both worlds but I imagine like the food halls it just depends on the area yeah, it just sure. depends on the area <laughs> but yeah Cool. No, thank you. Uh, that's, that's pretty much all I had to ask. Is there anything that I have missed out that I should should be grilling you on? <laughs> I think so. I think you've done a very good job. Oh, <laughs> well then, thank you very much for taking the time to chat to me. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to go and grab a, an ice peach crumble on my way out. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Cheers. Thanks, Kevin. And there we have it. So thanks once again to Kim for taking the time to chat to me. I'm sure you're all dying to check out Humble Crumble for yourself, so I've put their socials and website in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at MikeEatsLondon or follow the pod at MikeMeetsLondon. If you enjoyed the episode, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and give me a little review. And why not share it on your own socials while you're at it? And I'll see you next time. Let's get ready to crumble.